0: Business books. Business books. On the Money Show. It's a great pleasure to welcome Ivor Blumenthal into the studio this evening. Uh, author of Fifty Shades of Greed, the Services Ceter, Watts and All. He was chief executive of the Services Ceter from all the way from two thousand, I think it was, Ivor.
1: Good evening, Bruce, and thanks for having me. Yes, uh, I was the first CEO of the service, of CETA, and it was a, a decade service.
0: Explain the CETA environment to us, the great unwashed, from, who, who don't fully understand what goes on in this underworld of, uh, of training and, and education.
1: I have to say something, and that is that uh, you've really only got yourself to blame if it's still <laughs> great unwashed, given that this is, a, this is an organ of state that's been around for close to 15 years, Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everyone's engaged on it. Everyone's had their say about what CETAs should look like. It's been through a whole series of, of reformations over a 15-year period. Uh, and what CETAs essentially are, are they're the conduit of skills levy funding back into industry. The money comes from business and then it's poured back into business or a percentage of it is poured back into business for the development of existing labor pools. In other words, people who already work in those businesses as well as future potential labor pools. In other words, unemployed people, the youth, etc. on youth uh, development programs. From your perspective, how effective have the, has the CETA system been? Well, that's the irony. The, the world looks at South Africa and lords this absolute phenomenon that we created over that 15 year period and yet in South Africa there seems to be a dearth of that kind of compliment and really just criticism left right and center in reality I think it's been absolutely phenomenal in every sector served by CETAs. remember that there are over 20 seaters in this country because there are over 20 sectors of business clusters in this country
0: uh, absolutely right. I mean, this was the brainchild of Member TCM He was the Labour Minister. In, no, in, in this the...
1: was the brainchild of Tito Mboweni. Was it Tito Mboweni? But uh,
0: Dalana was the minister at the
1: time it was implemented. M-Mdallana took over from okay. yeah. but really this this was ushered okay. in by by Tito Mbweni.
0: Okay, so this was his brainchild executed then by Member TCM Dalana the year two thousand. You started uh, at the services cita um, and it all seemed to be going rather swimmingly, but it all went quite badly pear shaped. No, I
1: started. Uh, I started around 1998 as chairperson of the Service CETA and thereafter became the first CEO of the organisation once all the CETAs were promulgated into being. Uh, and yeah, we grew it from an organisation which started off with 250 million rand income to over a billion rand a year income, and that's just one of the seaters. Um, and uh, yeah, it didn't. It didn't go pear shaped. What happened is a new regime, a new series of priorities came into being, and as such, change was necessary. There's no question that transformation was. Necessary. Necessary, um, particularly in an organisation like as, uh, such as ours, which really didn't have a history of bargaining councils of trade union movements, etc. It was really left to its own devices. Because, as I say in my book, I call it the rubbish bin seater, and that's precisely what it was. It was a sector that really had been relegated to the rubbish bin. So every time you found an industry that couldn't fit into a traditionally defined sector, you'd throw it back into the services sector. And so we found ourselves with about thirty-five industries, which eventually became the. ...strongest cluster of industries and skills development in this country. Uh, but you and Blade and Zamandi,
0: because eventually you ended up reporting into Blade and Zamandi at some point, didn't you? And uh, you seem to be fighting before you even met.
1: I've never met the guy on a one-to-one basis. I only met him when he addressed CETAs collectively. But in okay. reality, um, uh, yeah, look, uh, the reason that the services CETA took uh, minister in to court... Um, m- New, on numerous occasions is because we took issue with how he wanted to take over seaters take over and change the constitutions of the seaters unilaterally and quite frankly kick out the leadership of seaters and put his own guys in and that's really what the fight was about but in reality i never met the guy in my life
0: okay so you, you had a big fight without ever meeting <laughs> six fights six
1: <laughs> fights six
0: massive fights what was it that went wrong? What was it uh, that you objected to so strongly that Bladen Zeman well, was proposing, proposing as, to do in the said, sector?
1: to change the constitution mm. of CETAs unilaterally, to kick out the leadership structures of those CETAs to basically uh, relegate business representatives um, uh, to a secondary position in CETAs, uh, to take away the representatives of the business community and put neutral people in who quite frankly had nothing to do with CETAs because of a perception of bias and uh, nepotism which in fact uh, the courts found was completely illegal yeah, because
0: the issues revolve around money they revolve around government collecting lots of money distributing that money this seems like it has became a honey pot around which lots of bees were congregating at some point
1: It's a big honeypot. I mean, you're talking about over 7 billion rand collectively a year. You're talking about the priorities now set centrally by government, whereas historically they were set in a very democratic, collective kind of fashion, uh, where the social partners actually set those priorities. These priorities are now set by government, and they really are about only financially feeding the projects of government and therefore political projects.
0: Uh, and government's got a got an ambition. It's got a stated uh, a stated mission of creating millions of jobs. And the 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 uh, the poll the posts are moved from time to time. Um, it, it's government saying we can do this better um, than the social partners can. Your argument yeah. very strongly is: hold on a second, guys, you can't. Um, and well, it's and it's not working as well as it was.
1: The, the, the argument is really there's no need to interfere when something's working tell us what you want to get out of it and we will make sure as social partners that we deliver on, on what it is you want. I mean member Tisi understood that process. That's why he said I want 10,000 domestic workers trained and we trained 10,000 domestic workers around the country, gave them qualifications uh, we trained over 8,000 uh, estate agents in the country because the minister in charge of the real estate sector said only people who've got qualifications will qualify to be be licensed in the sector so those priorities were set by cabinet ministers and and we delivered on those priorities the deputy minister under uh tom becky's government said we need more apprentices in the country the services heater turned around and said well we've never trained apprentices before but because it's your priority we'll take it on and over a three four year period the services heater became the number one feeder of apprentices in in south africa so we were responsive to government organizations in terms of government priorities but not to be run By government, to be run by the people who paid the skills levy, i.e. business and organized business in particular, and to a lesser extent, to be run by those bumbling trade unionists out there. (laughs) Bumbling trade unions. I mean, it is all about the the breakdown of trust between
0: government, unions and business. There is very little trust across those sectors between government and unions, now unions and business, government and business, uh, and the three together is a, a cocktail for potential for massive conflict.
1: Well, Bruce, let's be honest. Now there is no three. Now there are uh, uh, tripartite deployees into leadership structures of business. There are tripartite deployees into the leadership structures of trade union movements. And then there are political deployees into government departments. So it is no longer a tripartite relationship and therefore a true social partnership. It is now one of those three organizations running all three of those organizations.
0: Uh, and, and, And that is, I suppose, where the real concern comes because you talk about greed, 50 shades of greed. Where does this greed
1: rear its ugly head? Look, the greed has got nothing to do with the Department of Higher Education and Training, and that's what this book says. This book says, forget about that. That was strategy. I understand the strategy of the minister and of the South African Communist Party, etc. I understand why they needed the money, and that was good strategy on their behalf. What this book talks about is the fact that within the business community and the labor community, there is inactivity, there is misdirection because of greed. These guys could have done so much more for this country that they haven't yet done. The organized business community is a laughing Joke in this country. As you know, the organized labor community is a laughing joke in this country. And I was very pleased to hear you talking to Vic a little earlier yeah. because before he did his days at the ILO, Vic was very active in, in the world of uh, uh, Nedlack and trying to get the social partnership thing working. But in reality, it's not working in this country.
0: Uh, and why is it not working?
1: Well, it's not working for the same reason I spoke about Mm. a little earlier. There is not a true organized business identity in this country which is independent of the Tripartite Alliance, which is independent of the ANC, or the SACP. And in fact, there is not a neutral trade union movement in this country either. So you can't talk about a true social partnership because it doesn't exist.
0: Um, And is that deliberate? Is it accidental? Is it evolutionary in the
1: environment in which we've sort of all grown up? No, it's absolutely deliberate. It's about how you, make trans- how you engineer transformation in South Africa. Mm. You have to take over that social partnership. You have to dominate and control it. It's fantastic, fantastic strategy. And it's working for them, but it's not working for the country. And it's not working for the business community or, in fact, even the labor community.
0: If, if you were to apportion blame across the three sectors, how would you go about it? 60, 2020, or how would you break it up?
1: blame I would say I would apportion at least 40% of the blame to business and another 40% to labor and the balance to government and when I say business what am I saying and I talk as an ex-representative of the business yeah. community so I can talk from within what I am saying is this, they've not done enough to lead skills transformation in this country yeah. they've not done enough to govern the affairs of CETA's effectively yes we, we did set some kind of a scenario for social partnership in the service of CETA but that in fact is why I think it was closed down in the first place our chairperson was removed at the time the person who was nominated by the minister to take over from the chairperson uh, uh, role at the services heater where we rotated it between business and labor every couple of years the person who was nominated to take over was in fact Gwede Mantash's wife
0: Okay. And that's just
1: one seater. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, where does this leave the the education
1: and training of people who so desperately need it? Well, I think the problem is with the education system. Because throughput of people from the schools is a laughing joke in this country. Business have to spend skills money on, in fact, re-educating rather than skills development. And that's the biggest problem we've got in this country. It's not a problem which has disappeared. It hasn't gone away. I was interested to to hear your interview a little earlier about science and technology in the schools and at universities. Yeah. etc. That's not true the bottom line is we're going backwards when it comes to math, science and technology in the country not forward. And so what do you do if you're in the world of work, you inherit what is effectively a spoiled generation upon generation upon generation of matriculants. How do you convert those individuals into skilled people in the workforce? It's very difficult. I'll give you sure. a practical example. 45,000 people enrolling every year in the services CETA programs, roughly about 16,000 of those people graduating and the balance having to be exited on what we call skills programs because because they don't have the fundamentals of literacy, of numeracy, of life skills in place. And that I blame on the schools. We've got the Uh, We've got the best raw material in the world. And (laughs) and I'm saying that having participated in a number of global bodies. So I'm saying that from a point of, of insight. We've got the best raw material in the world and it gets absolutely screwed up by our education system year after year after year. And they're lied to by that education system. And more importantly, we or rather the workplace is lied to about the quality of people coming out of the schools. That's the problem we've got in South Africa. What are you hoping this book's going to achieve, Arvin? Well, I, this book is a case study. I'm hoping that this book will write the nonsense that's been sprouted about how bad CETAs have been over the last 10 years because we all know what's coming. Whether it's the ANC or whether it's the DA, someone is going to say close the CETAs down and the legacy of what CETAs have accomplished is in, in fact going to be lost. And that's why I wrote this book, to record that legacy as a case study for the for, for most probably the only set of parastatals that work properly in South Africa.
0: You admit in the book to being bitter, to being cross, to being absolutely frustrated and furious, and it comes through, I think, very strongly. Um, is your book, is it a reliable account? It's not too personal, not too close to, to what you've experienced?
1: No, the book's not a reliable account. It's my account. <laughs> it's, it's my account as a CEO of an organization of a 10-year period. It's my account as a member of the National Skills Authority prior to that who wrote the legislation about what CETAs should do and what they should accomplish. So it's an absolutely biased account of Ivor Blumenthal, a CEO of the services CETA, given my insight. And that's it.
0: Well, that's often the most powerful, most powerful position, of course, is the personal position. Fifty Shades of Greed, the Services CETA story. Ivor Blumenthal, the chief executive, impassioned former chief executive of the Services CETA. Thank you for sharing uh, an insight into the book. It's available in bookshops, like all the books we review here on The Money Show.